Hello, and uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Dramatic Dream Dragons podcast here on the Five Star Network. I am, as always, your host, Sunderbjorn, and we are a podcast all about Dragon Gate and DDT. And with me today, I have Yannick and Dylan. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello, hello, and welcome on this good day for DDT. Yeah, so we are doing an instant review of the King of DDT uh, final night here on a Sunday morning for me and Yannick and like a, the Saturday night for Dylan. It's the only show. 1, 1 a.m. here. It's nothing, yeah. nothing I have to deal with. I'm, I'm not going to go in. This is my zone. I've stayed up for all kinds of shows for Japanese for wrestling. That's what you do Hell when yeah. you are not in Japan and watching Japanese pro wrestling. So I'm ready. Hell yeah. So we are, of course, going to talk about the King of DDT final night, which happened in Corken Hall now today on the 21st of May. But first, I need to just plug something, probably the most important thing I will ever plug, because it is a cause that is very me meaningful to me. It is a cause that is very meaningful, meaningful for the entire wrestling scene in Japan, and even some some stuff out of out of wrestling in Japan, TV, a kind of thing. So on Tuesday this week, uh, on May twenty third, there will be the Hanakimura Memorial Show because it will be the fourth anniversary of her very tragic death. <laughs> I Hanakimura was very important to me uh, personally. It is always a sh show that brings you a good celebration of her life. And uh, they are doing it again. Kyoko Kimura is doing it again. This time calling it Pinks. Uh, the first time they did it was in 2021, which was the year after she died on the same day, May 23rd, and that was Matane. Then it was Bagus last year in 2022. And now it's Pinks. So these shows are in Corken and are produce shows that celebrate Tonikomura's life and career. And all the proceeds made from the show go to help uh, Kyoko Kimura's battle to make sure that what happened to Anna never happens to anyone ever again. So it's very it's a very important cause that I want everyone to be able to give money to because it is so important that what happened to Hana never happens to anyone else again. Uh, I just had to say that at the start of the show because it's a very important case to me because it's a death that affected me so much. It's a really good card too that they put together. Uh, you know, there's lots of cool stuff on there. I think anybody who watches it will, will be treated to a good show, but just the heartfelt wholesomeness of it all and the fact that it's helping Kyoko, most importantly, uh, I yeah. think that should inspire everybody to want to give it a look and check it out, uh, support what she's got going on. Uh, you know, a terrible situation that she's been put through uh, in her life, but she's doing her best to make the best out of it for herself, Hana's memory. Hana's friends, obviously, and fans yeah. as well. So that's something very noble and admirable. Uh, so God bless Kyoko Kimura, in my opinion. Definitely. 
And even if you didn't knew Hana when she was still on the surf, um, you'll you'll get a great show out of it, a really emotional show. Um, and please buy it on Fight. Uh, it's yeah. on, only like fifteen bucks. Um, so yeah, it, can... it's a real important thing. So please support it. Yeah, I'll run through the card just as a plug. Uh, a battle royal to celebrate her life. A lot of people from all over the place, freelancers. Some highlights are Fuminori Abe, Hanako Nakamori, Shihiro Hashimoto, and Mensure. That's a, that's the biggest highlights I find in the battle royal. Then a special singles match between Sayori Ano and Miyuki, Miyuki Takase. That is a very big Joshi match. If you if you don't know who either of those two women are, they are. Two of the best uh, Joshi wrestlers you can find. Then That's a six-minute rod, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. I also, if you're a fan of TJPW, uh, Takase had a great match with Yamashita, uh, Miyu Yamashita in America. You may have known her from there. Yeah. Uh, then there's the Who's the Strongest Aniki battle, which means Who's the Strongest Big Brother. Uh, this might have been changed. The, the teams might have been changed because Shoto Roshino was. Uh, it got injured, so they haven't announced who's going to team with Matsu uh, Hanabata in this match. But they, they are going to face Ryu Mizunami and Sonuka, uh, Sonuku Kato and Koji Katsumoto and X. Ver- uh, and they are going to face Koji Katsumoto. It's a three-way, it's a four-way like uh, tag match. Koji Katsumoto is back wrestling, which is weird. <laughs> and he's teaming with X. Uh, and it's versus Yukim Miyamoto and Ram Kaijo also. So that's the fourth thing. Uh, Ozaki is teaming with Hanabata. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But then we also have this is, if you watch Stardom, this is very uh, a very Stardom match because uh, Konami, Rina, and Kaori Yanayama, uh, also known as Fukigen Death or Death the Amazon, they were members of the. Tokyo Cyber Squad with Hana, so they are former teammates of Hanukimura's faction in Stardom. Yes, and they are going to face... Uh, Kaori is announced. It's not the Fiamma-san. Yeah. It is Kaori uh, Yoneyama announced. And they are going to face Shuri, uh, Natsupoi, and Asuka, Benny. Which is... That is a very big six-man, uh, six-woman tag. Which is going to be so good and, like, just Tokyo Cyber Squad reuniting again is awesome. And then the supposedly semi-final or main event. This is these two last matches uh, are either the main event or the semi-final. So, I, but they haven't announced what yet. Mike Wolta of Sendai Girls teaming up with Mio Momono of Marvelous versus Asha Kong. Yes, the Asha Kong from All Japan Women's Wrestling, and Sarei, also known as Ray from WWE, who spent two two years locked in the NXT dungeon. <laughs> and uh, they, that is the probably going to main event or be the semi-final and then the main event is or semi-final is uh, Saku- Sakurai Rota cosplaying as Hanakimura in a very wholesome way versus X so that is a show that you can find on Fight TV as Yannick said it's only like 15 bucks you, there's no excuse not to buy this show it's, it's happening on May 23rd the four-year anniversary of Hanukkah's death, and I had to plug it. It is such an important show for me, and I hope, if you're listening to this, I hope 
uh, you buy the show. Now, <laughs> let's talk about this uh, fun and loving company, DDT Pro Wrestling, who today had the King of Gay, the King of DDT final night in in Cork and Hall live on Wrestle Universe one hour ago uh, since the show ended, and yeah. How do you guys feel about the show as a whole before we talk about any of the matches and stuff? Dylan. To me, coming off of the show and really just the whole tournament itself, I really felt like this was all together. And after what we saw with the show, there was some stuff that uh, maybe not everyone will love, uh, you know, just in terms of some things. And obviously an injury we'll talk about that wasn't the greatest, uh, obviously. But by the end of the show, when everything had hit, ended and the dust had settled, I really thought that this whole thing was a big step in the right direction from where DDT's been uh, in the past long while, I would say. It feels like we had a very emotional win that you wanted to have the spirit of the company represented. And I think they totally accomplished that with the final and I think the whole tournament was really good. I thought the show here was a really good show. This was one of the better DDT shows, top to bottom, that I can remember in quite some time, to be honest. Uh, I think they really feel like they're coming off of this tournament with some good momentum. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about with the winner. But I definitely came away positive thoughts after the show. Uh, Wrestling-wise, there's some real spectacular stuff here. Um... Also, like DDT was, there's also stuff I'm I'm not thrilled about. Um, but overall, that really dwarfs uh, in the greatness of some other uh, things we got here. Yeah. So this, of course, was the final night of the King of DDT and the tournament. The two first rounds, which we reviewed last week, were so like. It was such a like step in the right direction after what was uh, the Mega Max Bump main event, uh, which kind of soured me a lot on DDT. But then the the King of DDT first and second round really brought me back and got me hyped again. And this kept that hype going because I really felt really invested in this show. The two the two opening matches especially was so like such a great wake up. Of course, this was at 4 a.m. in the morning for me and Yannick. <laughs> so we woke up to this, this show, and um, it, yeah, it was fun. We don't uh, we don't have the exact uh, attendance, because, again, the show ended one hour and, and a half ago, and they haven't released that yet. Um, Poor Olaf has uh, 677 listed, which is... Oh, okay. that, yeah, that could, that could be the... the that could be it, but I uh, it felt bigger than that. So. Uh, it, uh, I, I mean, the last the last Kurken show I've seen uh, was the Himeka farewell, which was packed. Yeah, that was packed. <laughs> so yeah. it's a big step down from that. Yeah, yeah, we have weekly pro six hundred seventy-seven. So okay, thank you. So that. That isn't a good number for DDT, but it's a normal number for DDT. <laughs> like they they don't they don't normally run that much in the, in uh, 
Corkin, which is sad. It is, it is what it is. But the the energy of the crowd, at least in the opening match, was really good. Which uh, the opening night uh, match was the King of DDT semifinal match between Kazusara Iguchi and Yuki Ueno, which ended when Kazusara Iguchi won with a brain claw uh, slam after a great, great opener. It is it I the energy these two set in the opener was so good and it kept going until the demination tag. But <laughs> the it was a great energy that I. Like really, that really woke me up. What do you guys think about this opener? Kick us off, Yannick. Um, no, please, please go first. I need to organize my thoughts a bit. Well, to me, I thought it was a really strong match. Uh, you know, I really thought that these two have pretty surprisingly, or not surprisingly, but pretty good chemistry together here. Uh, last year's match they had uh, for the title, I think everyone can point to. Uh, I think that I, I, you know, this one had a really good vibe to it. It felt like a match where they really had a good sense of urgency trying to get to the finals as well. They made it feel special and important to actually get to the final of the tournament, which is, I think, the main thing you want out of this. But I think Higuchi, I mean, he was on a next level to me here, not not just in this match, but the whole, obviously, the final as well. He yeah. felt like he solidified himself as like. The wrestling guy of the, the the promotion, pretty much. Yeah. If you want the in-ring stuff, Higuchi is the guy. And I think that he solidified that. It, it was really cool, the story of this match. Because both uh, both wrestlers' tournament was quite different. Because Higuchi had to face, like, two juniors. Or, like, two... Uh, two people with less experience than him. In Yusuke Okada and uh, Yuki Ishida. In the in the tournament, and Yuki Ueno had to face two very tendered freelancers on the scene, and two two wrestlers who have been wrestling are like veterans in Kotaro Suzuki and Naruki Doi. So it, it was cut. They, they both had like very different roads to this match, and I really liked the sto- that story of the match, just going into it on paper, and then they kept such an intense pace that it was so fun, and yeah. It, this is the second best match on the show, one in my opinion, uh, and it started the Higuchi. Higuchi is an un, un, undeniable, and an undeniable, undeniable monster, and that energy kept going until the uh, the King of DDT final. Yeah, um, this match was terrific, um, and it really I liked how they showed that they are intimately familiar with each other. Because like the last singles match they had is half a year or was half a year ago. Yeah. And this was just kind of a condensed version. And yeah. I probably prefer it to yeah. the to the title I, match. I prefer this over the title match they had at the end of last year. Um it's they just picked up where they left off. Yeah. And yeah, you you said that the the way to this point for both men was really different. And Higuchi uh, going over kind of surprised me, but obviously with the way it, I I, I wouldn't be um, complaining in any way, and with the way it turned out, yeah, um, they did they did it to perfection. Yeah, 
And the, the, the way Higuchi just stopped uh, Ueno from hitting the VR was so creative. I, it is something you should absolutely go out of your way and watch. And yeah, uh, we, that energy kept going after Higuchi won that when they moved over to the next semifinal. Yunakiyama versus Chris Brooks, which ended with Chris Brooks hit the Praying Mantis Bomb on uh, uh, Akiyama after a great, very unique uh, match that was that kept the energy going after the, la- the opening match. It was so fun to see Akiyama be like very aggressive. It wasn't like uh, dragging it out uh, work he did. He he was very aggressive and like kept uh, kept always going, uh, like trying to get the win and hitting big moves and stuff like that and it was so fun to see uh and then chris in the end surprisingly won and it surprised me because i expected them to go back to the rivalry of yunakiyama and uh, higuchi in the in the the final after higuchi won uh but no and yeah this started a great night for chris brooks also (laughs) what do you guys think about this yannick Again, totally different match to the first one. Yeah. And Uncle Chun was mean. Uh, the way he wrestled, I totally believed he would uh, he would be winning here. And obviously, I picked him for the tournament in our last show. Yeah. And the story was just Chris surviving. Yeah. Which would turn out to be a story at the end also. <laughs> yes. The, the thing here is that he was just way more in it, um, and like it was still like uh, already like a surviving of uh, Chunakiyama, but he still had more more agency in this match. Um, but yeah, Akiyama beat him up real well. Yeah, what did you think about this, then? I didn't love it when it happened, and I like it even less after the main event because the main event was like such a better version of what they were trying to do here. Uh, I didn't think this was a great match, to be honest with you. I didn't. Okay. It's not like I hated it, but I thought it was a significant downgrade from the Higuchi and Ueno match. You know, Brooks is kind of an interesting guy. Akiyama's a really interesting guy because I really haven't been too impressed with him this entire year, to be honest, and I didn't think his. I can compare him to Higuchi in the main event. I think it's like a different planet. And it's kind of, it makes yeah. me unhappy to see because Akiyama's like, when I did the best wrestler ever voting, God, seven years ago now, you know, there was a big list of greatest wrestler ever. He was in my top 10 in 2016. That's a shit. That's how, that's how high I rank him of any country, Japan, yeah. like, you, you know, England, whatever, America, Mexico. Uh, he was in my top 10, like one of the greatest ever to me. And that's kind of, it's hard for me to see somebody with that high level be what he is today, which is ultimately, I just don't think he's very interesting anymore. And maybe it's just the environment. And I just, I don't know. I I thought he he brought it in this match. Because I totally agree with what you say, but today he was, uh, I saw that, that Akiyama we got like three years ago again. It, it is important to note that Yunakiyama is also 53 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. And, and 
that's a thing consistent with me in my entire history. If anybody's listened to the Eastern Lariat, uh, if there's somebody that's an all-time great and they and they go down and lose it and they maybe aren't that good anymore, I really don't carry nostalgia for them. It actually makes me harder on them, kind of, because yeah. you know I I don't like seeing people like that, like lose. Like, I don't want to see these people I hold in this high regard be like average. You know, like that that makes it harder to me than just a regular average guy. And to me, I didn't think he was anything special in this match, to be honest. And again, that really, I feel like my my vision of this match was totally reinforced by the main event, which was like so much better. And like in, in a very similar style. Like, and I just think that oh, yeah. he was so, so much better than he was. And I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it wasn't like it was some terrible match. There's nothing I can point to that I was like, ah, oh, Brooks yeah. sucked here. Akiyama was, was terrible here. It just didn't grab me at all. I if thought you know, definitely that. Chris was the star of this match. Like, yeah, like Chris, I agree with that. Chris made sure that this match made us believe that he could win in the end. Yeah, and the like kick the kick out from the exploder suplex was so good. It, it was one of my biggest pops on the show because I didn't expect it. I thought that was the the finish. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it was also um that. Um, like, at least I saw that. Obviously, Dylan didn't. Um, that Akiyama wrestled with an edge here. That was that I was totally be- uh, believing that he he'd make the final. Yeah, that that is true. And I had predicted Brooks to make the final. Uh, yeah, sure. you're the only one. Yeah, I, we, I both me and the only predicted that Yun would win this. So, but. What I can say about this match then was that it was definitely, definitely way better than the next match. <laughs> Burning Tetsu Endo and Kotaro Suzuki versus Damnation TA, Daisuke Sasaki, and MJ Paul. I, for the life of me, I can't remember anything that happened in this match. <laughs> yeah, in- instead of talking about this match, I, I want to plug the, the second dark match of the show. Okay. Um, it was uh, a 10 man. <laughs> and it was hilarious. I, Kazuki I Hirata clotheslining people left and right to the beat of Tokyo Go is. That was the only thing I saw, I saw of that match. Like, I, I saw the last bit of the, that match. So, because that was when I came into the show. Um, but I didn't watch any of the other dark matches. I think it was a pheromones match or something. Yeah, though there was a, a pheromones match. But yeah. this this ten man I can totally recommend. Dylan, do you remember anything from Damnation TA versus Burning? Your I favorite is <laughs> I definitely know that it happened. Yeah. Did I pay close attention to it to even remember? No. <laughs> so saying I don't remember it may be not totally factual. It may be I just wasn't but paying attention when it happened the first time. The big thing I remember about this match was that Tetsu Endo at the end of the match had the mic in his hand because he won. Uh, so at the end of this match, Endo said that he he needs to know who uh, who is the mystery man? Who is uh, this important mystery man that is going to challenge him for the universe title at Peter Pan on July 23rd. And he asked the GM, where, where is the reveal? You promised that the reveal was going to be today. And um, 
it it ended up being <laughs> it ended up being uh, after the VTR uh, showed the indie god with two million Twitter followers, which first of all you can't be an indie god and have over over a million uh, Twitter followers. That that is factually incorrect. You can't be an independent then. Like you you are not in indie anymore then. <laughs> It was Matt Cardona, uh, formerly known as Zack Ryder in WWE. So this is a former Intercontinental title holder, former US title holder, and former tag champ in WWE. Uh, if you don't know who it is, I don't blame you because this is this is a guy that has been a that was a jobber for all of his life in the, in WWE, and when he left WWE, he spent. A couple of years uh, just doing nothing. Then he suddenly got this this big push on the GCW independent scene, which was weird. And somehow people got really hyped about that. So yeah, this is Matt Corona. He's uh, coming to DDT and facing a Tetsuo Endo on Peter Pan on July 23rd. Very lame. <laughs> A very lame uh, guy, but it was very uh, expected. I have to cut him some slack here. Yeah. Because when this guy, like, he was always uh, a chopper. Um, he got himself over hard, but um, but that's, that was before, before my wrestling time. And then in 2016, um, he won the Intercontinental Championship on WrestleMania uh, in that ladder match. Lost it the day after, if I remember. Sure, he did. Man, ah, oh, that that was that was so great. Um, and when he left, like, he, it was pretty soon after that he touched down in GCW. Um, you may remember the. Uh, the infamous flying pizza cutter. Yeah. The all the beer cans getting thrown at him. Yes. Um. But he he played his role perfectly in that, and that's a, a talent that one must have. Like it's very few people that that have it, and you know his wrestling was serviceable. Um, at times. Now, is he the right choice for DDT? No. Not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you say you would no. say no, anyways. I'll I'll say no because I want uh, my secondary title to have a bigger, a better match than Matt Cardona versus Tetsuo Endo. Dylan, well, what do you think about this? You are a big fan of the American indie scene, so I, I'm sure you. Will oh have yeah. <laughs> like this is this is my zone, the indies. Um, what Yannick said is true. Um, his story in WWE is that he was a jobber for a long time, and basically he was so unimportant. That they just and remember this was like 2009, 10, 11 before they did all this kind of stuff that they do now. He was so unimportant that he just said, "Hey, let me do a web show," and they let him do his web show, uh, Long Island Ice Z, 
And then he got over. Like, for some reason, everyone loved it. Again, this was still, like, new technology at the time. Uh, I and think they might have... punished for getting over. That was the best uh, Yeah, and then they buried him for it, of course, because he got so over. Uh, he got, like, a U.S. title win, and then eventually he got buried, <laughs> as, you, as you said. Then they came back. He literally did nothing for, like, five years until what Yannick mentioned, him winning the title at WrestleMania, which was completely out of the blue. I remember that match. <laughs> like, nobody knew that. Like, they just thought he was a guy. Because they do, they love doing that in WWE. If there's a big show, there's a match with everybody out of like eight guys. Like they do it pretty much every year at WrestleMania, and everyone thought he was just a filler dude. And then he actually won, and it was like unreal, kind of. So then he left. He stuck around for a couple of years after that. Um, he probably stuck around, you know, a long time, because they, you know, I mean, when did he hit the Indies? Maybe like. Two years ago, maybe two, three years. Uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Oh, twenty twenty one. Okay, so two, two years ago, about. He he was one of those that got released during the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Like he held a he held around for a long time, doing basically nothing. Uh, and then he ha- he done this thing again, where kind of a modern update to what he was doing, to where now he's kind of super over on social media, you know, getting his name out there and stuff. I remember they did it. They made sure to show in the VTR. They showed his two million followers. That was very important bit of the VTR. And that's really what he brings to the table more than anything is that he's a guy like a master, like self promoter, pretty much. Remember the angle they did where in GCW all that beer can stuff. He hit the the uh, the paradigm shift, and everyone thought it was Moxley, but then he revealed the hood, and it was actually him. And that made everybody go crazy. Yeah. And it kind of jump-started his modern indie run, which, again, like you said, is basically, you know, GCW and maybe some uh, lesser-known indies. NWA. And Impact as well. He, he is an yeah. Impact uh, guy. Uh, I know that he reformed his original team, uh, the Major Brothers, <laughs> with uh, Brian Myers, too. So he, he basically has to hang out with his buddy. They're known for collecting action figures, too. I don't know if y'all ever had any action figures. I'm not really a big collector myself, to be honest, so I don't really have a lot of uh, stories about that. But he's yeah. just kind of this like anomaly in the in the wrestling scene, almost. Like, there's nobody else quite like him. As a wrestler, he's not bad if you're a fan of, like, WWE mid-card style of 10 years ago. You know, he, yeah. he was probably pretty good at that era. He's better than your, you know, Ted DiBiase Jr.'s or or whoever else was around in that era. But he's not somebody that's... He doesn't have a lot of electrifying moves. He's not we, like a method. Him, him and Tetsuya Endo is not the, the like, the style. I, I, don't, I don't think they can work that well. As I think if they wanted to have Matt Cardona have a shining match in his debut or something for DDT... They, they don't care have, about his wrestling. I mean, they, they care about the 2 million yeah. subscribers. Yeah, but the the thing is, like, for someone, to, uh, if if we are looking at this for what would would have been the better match, kind of, it mm. it would like probably Shunma or uh, Mao or someone that that works kind of a hardcore style and can kind of bring Matt Cardona into that world uh, could get that to be a very entertaining match. Endo. Endo versus Matt Cardona sounds very like empty to me. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a very big mismatch. 
Um, I'll take him over a lot of these other guys that they brought in re- recently yeah, for DDT. I mean, I would take him over Joey Janela. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and th- those kind of our options. You know, it's, it's not like they're bringing in some hot AEW guy. It's going to be either him or a Janela type of person. But they and have I'll... the opportunity to bring over AEW guys because oh, of the work. They're not going to do that. AEW is going to let them. I, I really <laughs> think it. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's it's Indo. Who is like it's Indo on top of it? That's another issue. It's like who can they realistically bring in that's gonna like have a great match with somebody like him? I don't know. It, it would have way, to be some extreme high flyer person, yeah. maybe if they did. I don't even know who they would did when they worked on those GCW shows. It's not like anybody really like captured our imaginations. Like on, on those shows, and it's not like Endo worked worked that good that people watching the match would want to wrestle him in the future. At yeah. at those <laughs> at those uh, GCW DDT shows during WrestleMania weekend, but yeah, th- I mean, in the end, this match is go- just going to be a match on the card. I just hope it doesn't get placed too high on the card, and it's between like two very great matches, so that. This can kind of just be a calm down match or something like that. As much as long as they don't put that much importance into this, I I am totally fine with it. This, uh, this will just be an okay match with some fun bits beforehand. You'd have to think that's you know second, third from the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, after a very hot like tag title match and. Uh, before the main event. Oh, well, that's uh, yeah. that's a topic we'll cover later. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about that later. But uh, it, what was really funny about this was Endo's reaction because he, like, first of all, he looked very disgusted when he saw saw who it was, and then he asked, uh, uh, "Who uh, who the hell is uh, like? No matter uh, like, he was basically no selling tell uh, no selling him and saying that DDT didn't." It wasn't worth having him uh, come over because he's just really expensive and not that good, which was was basically his point. And he made that point even more clearly when he both retweeted his uh, his tweet. But yeah, Tetsu Endo, I I wish you luck. And Matt Corona, I hope you you get over. No, I don't hope you get over. I don't want to see you back here. But <laughs> I no, this should be interesting. Whatever. Moving on to Mao teaming up with the D-Generation boys of Yuyo Kuriku, Takeshi Masada, and Toi Kojima facing the veteran team of the KOD Openweight Champion, Yuji Hino, Arashima, Naruki Doi, and Sanshiro Takagi. This was a very fun 8-man tag that had, like, it served just as an 8-man tag to have on the card, but it was still really fun. Uh, the finish was Hino tapping out both Yuya and to- uh, Yuya Kuriku and Toi Kojima at the same time with the King Kong sleeper, and I thought that was an awesome finish. What do you think about this eight-man tag? What do you think, Yannick? Um, this was a fun match. Nothing that really stuck but the finish. And I love it. The finish was really great. <laughs> Yeah, to me, I thought this was like a perfectly solid mid-card match. 
uh, especially for DDT, you got a little bit of everything and uh, a relatively, you know, decent amount of time. You know, it wasn't like this dragged on for 20 minutes. It was like a 10 minute match. Yeah. Uh, you, you got a little bit of everything, everybody. And like you said, Hino going after Koroku with this dragon sleeper was like really good. I also, so Shiro Takagi has just been really fun this year. It's weird. <laughs> he like he has been way more engaging in all the ty- the the like matches he has had this year than he has had in in past years, and I think it's been really fun to see. Like he, him and Mao had this and really great sequence in this match, where like they kept uh, Mao kind of did an awesome like stunner on him. Uh, Doyen Doyen Mao was also awesome in this match. Like Mao is just awesome. That that is the big thing about this, uh, and yeah, it it was interesting to see the two uh, the two rookies like team up on the champion at the end of the match, and uh, th- like that was, and it of course led to the finish of him tap tapping out the young boys, and then we move over to the extreme title match, piercing death match is the rules of this match. Which is the match can be won by, by pinfall, tap out, KO, TKO, TKO, or by piercing your opponent's ear three times. So this was Shunma Katsumata making his first defense versus Hideki Okatane. And man, what a match! <laughs> this, this, this was a great like deathmatch brawl that saw Okatane do some wild stuff that he has never done before, like taking uh, going through like staples and all that, and all like it, he he came out first of all. He came out with the like really extreme gear gear look, with with like ripped pants, and he looked like he looked he, almost he like had, Jay White. Yes, it was switchblade gear. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. bleach blonde hair. Yeah, which by the way, before the show, he said that he was gonna he, the new look. The blonde hair look was yeah, was gonna go away when he made uh, Shinma bleed so much that all all his blood made his hair red again, <laughs> made Okatani's red hair red again, which was awesome, a awesome promo at the start of the show. Uh, but yeah, I I think this was a very great performance by Okatani. It's a shame that it ended a bit earlier because at one point Shinma got thrown through a board between the barricade and the ring. And it seems like his foot might have gotten twisted uh, by that or dislocated, uh, because when, like right after that, he got he rolled into the ring and they did a quick roll up finish. And it was a very uh, like it was a very disappointing finish to this match because it had been so good up until till that point. And but it seems that Shima is injured now. What do you guys think about this, Dylan? It's such a shame because this was such a great, like, great match, I thought. Yeah. I I thought this was so good. One of the best hardcore type of matches I can remember in DDT. I thought these guys really laid it all on the line. Great creativity, as you would expect with a Shunma match. I mean, yeah. he's right at the top of the list of all of wrestling, pretty much, when it comes to in-ring creativity. The action was so strong. Okatani looked great. I like these guys were flowing and doing great things, and you just see them, and it's like, damn it, that finish really 
messed up yeah. what was such a, a tremendous match and now it's like it doesn't even matter like everyone's gonna go after the injury but man the match was so good before that and uh it's we can only hope for the best for Shunma because man this guy has been a, a really great piece of the roster i think he's been a highlight uh all throughout the years like whatever has happened i think he's been one of the, the absolute best guys they have and i just i hope that he's okay and can keep these titles yeah the battle of of my heart what can i say yeah I said before uh, this match that this is uh, the battle of Yannick's art. <laughs> yeah, uh, beautifully put. This was way more of a death match than I thought. Yeah. Um, I I expected it to be like a, like a Lego death match more or less. Yeah. Um, but there was no Lego. There was just thumbtacks and barbed wire. And who knows? There there might have been Legos later in the match if it had continued. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and skewers. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Shunma put the stack of skewers into Okatani's uh, forehead, and he bleds so much. Yeah. Uh, immediately. He, like, he had a, cr- a crimson mask immediately. How, how um, great was that spot when uh, Shunma, like, stapled... Hokatani's <laughs> portrait on his head. Yeah. Oh, um, th- it's my uh, it's my Twitter profile header now. Nice. <laughs> um, and I I was in love with this match, and you know, the the injury is very unfortunate. And Shunma didn't uh, do the the promoted autograph session after the show. Yeah. Um, because of his injury. And we just have to hope now. Um, like he, he was kind of standing on his own um, in the pro afterwards, where he just congratulated Okatani on the fight. Um, and he said they should team up when Onita is back uh, in DDT again. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if we'll see Shunma until then. Or even if we'll see him uh, then. And he's... Uh, he's still the double champ, um, yeah. and if if he loses the extreme title, like they this match they, didn't uh, count that much. It's it's V one, um, the first defense. Yeah, he came. Uh, he now has the purple belt again, not the white one that Akiyama made. Yeah, but I fear for the tag run. Yeah, so maybe maybe he just like. Maybe it's just like the ankle, uh, rolled ankle, and he'll be back in like two weeks at the latest. But man, it could be way worse. And then the Shun Mao run would end in a fashion that it just doesn't deserve. Yeah, that it, and it will keep the the curse of the tag titles going, which would be really bad because, of course, the last tag title uh, run was Yoshimura and Higuchi, which ended when Yoshimura had to vacate it because he got injured. And, of course, he is still... Yeah, he has just had surgery, so he's still making the recovery. So, the thing about this is that it might... Uh, we don't know the extent of Shinma's injury yet. It could always... It could always just be two weeks, or him taking... Like the the month off 
until the the defense, which right now they haven't said anything, they haven't cancelled it or anything, but before the show they announced that at the DDT What Are You Doing? Uh, question mark, June Cork and Hall show on the 26th of June they will will feature a KOD tag title defense for Shinmao versus to be decided uh, uh, a team of to be decided which they announced that before the show today they haven't said anything about it being cancelled yet I hope it doesn't get cancelled because that would mean that Shinmao's injury is not, isn't that bad but I would I am prepared for it to maybe be cancelled if Shinmao's injury is not good uh, and the thing is, they kind of teased because he talked. Uh, they haven't uh, translated exactly what he said, but he at one point in the in the post match promo addressed uh, Yuki Sakaguchi, and it, uh, that got me th- thinking that maybe the next uh, Shinma title defense is against Hideki Katani and, Sh- and Yukio, which would be really cool. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you guys think about all this, uh, Dylan? You, you haven't said anything. I just think that if you're going to do one, and you could easily see, like Yannick said, we can only hope for the best. Yeah, It's out of our control, but let's say he dodges a bullet with all this, and he could go just as anticipated, as expected, or whatever. You could easily see DDT maybe want to lighten the load a little bit and not have him as double champion anyway, if yeah. this was a, a serious scare. And if that were the case, I would rather him lose the singles title because I think that the tag title has they've done such a great job that I wouldn't want it to end for, you know, shady reasons. I wanted them to, to yeah. build to a, a serious in, ending because I think the run has been so good. It's been such a bright spot of the year. And I think it kind of means a little bit more uh, at, in the grand scheme of things. But at the Corrigan, they can make... they. At the June Corrigan, they can make uh, Yukio and Hideki Okutani beating them a satisfying conclusion to the tag title, right? That's true. It's not a, as big of a show uh, as, you know, I would like love to see them make it to Peter Pan as champion. And I yeah. need to make, uh, I need them to make it to Peter Pan. Yeah, it would be. Maybe, yeah. maybe they could, if you. Uh, if he isn't ready, they just change it to like a number one contenders match, um, because you know yeah. it's two axes. So just make like a random number one contenders match and then do the the defense on Peter Pan, which I certainly would prefer. Yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> and if you're gonna take the titles off him, then what happens with Mao? Yeah, uh, the big thing about this is, of course, that. Uh, Mao kind of needs the tag title reign uh, because he isn't yeah. doing anything else but the tag title reign right now. Well, he could uh, because if if they had to vacate the tag titles, Shuma would have to vacate the the hardcore title too. So yeah. you know they could always um, do like Mao going for that to avenge his friend. Yeah, they could do that. Or even yeah. if they don't vacate him, they might just want to pull. Uh, take a bit off of Shunma's plate if they're if they get spooked a little bit by by this injury, so to speak. They might pick one over the other. It was kind of, was kind of what I was thinking. If that if something like that were to happen, obviously if he vacates them both, then yeah, <laughs> that's totally different. But if they just say, okay, we need Shunma focused on one thing and not overworking himself with two title reigns at the same time, 
And maybe yeah. that's a plan anyway, Maybe You know, who knows? Like you said, who's to say that they don't just lose the titles? And it was all the, it was the plan all along. But for me, I personally hope that the tag title rank can continue more than anything. Even though, I mean, I thought this was a great match before the injury. Uh, so good. If we're going to get that, I think that adds a little bit of an edge to these DDT cards while still really fitting in with the vibe because of how Shunma is. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's a tough call one way or the other. If they were to do that, maybe they could lose the titles and face each other on Peter Pan. Shunma yeah. versus Mao. Either way, like, I hope I hope he's healthy. I hope he, this continues going because him with I've always like I've always needed a big Shunma title reign with the Extreme title. Uh, of him having just these kind of matches on like on a consistent consistent basis, and I'm so into the Shunma reign also. So either like it would be a blow if if he had to vacate either title for me, but. If I had to choose, like, vacate the extreme title, and, but, yeah. Or not even vacate, just he loses, you know, yeah. like, one, you know, like, they just want to pull it off his place, not just vacate, but they, he, you know, you could go either way, and I just, I think it's obvious that he's not going to be a double champion for very long, no matter what. Yeah. He's like, like, something's going to have to give, even if he's healthy. Yeah. Okay, let's talk tag team contenders. Who do you have in mind? Uh, well, Sondri al- always already gave your gave your take. Yeah. And um. Yeah. Well, we know that uh, Naomi's not ready to be back. He's still no. Yeah. Uh, very much uh, injured. Um. Yeah. Besides that, you know, there's a. You could do something, maybe Akiyama and Okada as a team, or Akiyama and Suzuki, perhaps. Like yeah. you, know, they, you need something for Akiyama. Akiyama and Suzuki would be so boring. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Like that, there's not a lot of great options to be honest with you. Like uh, Doi and someone. Yeah, that's exactly who I was gonna say next. Like Doi can bring in somebody, like an old DG buddy. Also, also, I, I completely forgot about this. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, because uh, uh, I just forgot about it earlier, but. There was another injury in DDT this week, and it's a it is also a blow, or it's it, it yeah, it could be a, like a blessing in disguise for Conan, maybe because maybe when he comes back, he will come back in, um, under a different thing than Damnation TA. But uh, Conan is injured, uh, it might take him out for a long time. I hope he. I hope I hope he gets well also. So best wishes to both Kanon and Shinma and Yoshimura who should be back <laughs> anytime soon because I really miss uh, Yoshimura. Uh, what about Daisuke Sasaki and MJ Paul going for the tag titles? Oh, Amy would you. be all over the place with that one. Well, there there are a few possible uh, things. Um. I I'd quite like Yukio and Saki. Um but they never really have yeah. teamed up. Yeah. Um, and I want to see that. They could do uh like Sana Kamina versus Sana Kamina. Um Yeah, I was thinking that. Kunma versus uh, Sueno and Toy. That it, that could be really seem... cool. Yeah, that that could work. Um your your idea of uh Yusuke Okada and Yuya Kuriku, I have always liked. 
That no, would, that would be uh, great if they, they want to elevate him. Uh, with Doi, he could bring Tanisaki as in the Junior Tag Battle of Glory. That would slap. That would be cool. Uh, and all, also, Higuchi, right now, because of the main event, which we'll get to soon, Higuchi has no Peter Pan plans right now. Uh, him and Yuki Ishida, or him and... No, wait! That is also something I forgot to mention. That we have new six-man tag title champions, which... On the Yuji Hino anniversary show, uh, Hari Mao picked up the six-man tag titles from uh, Yuki uh, Ueno, Super Sasa Dango Machine, and Shin Aoki. So we have new uh, six-man tag titles, uh, tag title holders in Yuki Ishida, Higuchi, and uh, uh, Nakatsu. So that's, I haven't seen that match yet. That, yeah, I also... Took a long time getting to that match, but I've seen it and it was pretty good. Um, that should also be mentioned because now that might keep uh, Higuchi away from the tag title scene. Also, it's too bad. I love him and Nakatsu. I'm happy Nakatsu could get a title. I thought they, yeah, they had a really great match. This should mean that we finally have a KOD six man title match on a pay per view again, which I am really hyped about. Because we did, we did that judgment or Mega Max bump. And how could they leave off these prestigious six-man <laughs> titles? You know, what a shame that was. Yeah, what a shame. So it would be all of Harimau versus all of Eruption. That would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, that would be cool. Uh, they can do anything with the tag title scene. We don't know. Uh, in the end... I just hope that Shinma is healthy. But with that, we get over to the main event. King of DDT Grand Final. Two-time... Uh, no. One-time winner. Last, last year's winner. Kazusara Higuchi trying to make it to, uh, to become the first to go back-to-back. -back and to join Konosuke Takeshita, Hiroshima, and Kodo as a two-time winner of the King of DDT. But he unfortunately failed because he faced Chris Brooks, who finally got a huge win with this final. And oh my god, all I, all I have to say about this match is DDT match of the year so far. Because this match was so great. It was it kept, like the energy we talked about in the opening match with Higuchi being unstoppable with and then paired with what Brooks did in the in the second match on the show in against Okayama from on working underneath. They clashed in this match in this, such a great way of Brooks just never never giving up and always coming back in Higuchi, even though Higuchi was unstoppable. Higuchi was so, like, dominant. He was so no-selling. This match is so good. It is my... It, it is a match that I would probably go back to a lot during this, this, uh, this year. But this is, right now, my favorite match in DDT this year. What did you guys think about this main event? Dylan. This was a... Uh... 
tremendous cap off to a really quality tournament, I thought. Um, all of your points are so true. I thought Higuchi was absolutely phenomenal in this match. You know, one of the better performances from a singular wrestler that I can remember. I just thought, man, if you want to look up Beast in the dictionary, you got to put Higuchi on the picture next to it because he was a killer here. And it all served, as great as he was in the match, ultimately the match all served to make Brooks's win mean that much more in the end. And I thought it was so genius how they played it out. Yeah. You know, Brooks, like you said, worked pretty well as an underdog here. I thought they did a lot right here, and Higuchi was fantastic. Brooks totally lived up to expectation that you would have for him. There was some spots that maybe you could point to if you're like a if you're not happy with the main event, maybe you wanted you know, you don't want Brooks to win. But they were few and far between and the grand scope of the match was so good that there's no way you can't come in my opinion, if you're a DDT fan and follower this felt like an emotional win again. And I think it'll mean more if you followed BDT longer and followed Brooks's story more, I think you would get more out of it emotionally. Absolutely. But, and I have, but you're, and if you're, yeah, go on. Yannick. You're so right. Because all of the negative points I've seen about this match come from people that don't watch DDT. Um, and that's mostly because they don't like Brooks. Um, which they're totally crazy for. But when this this match makes also makes so much sense because both of the guys it was a totally different match than any of the the semifinals. Yeah. Um, but both took their storylines um, or the the points they they had in the semifinals and brought it into this into this match, which was a pretty new matchup. Yeah. Um. Ueno and Higuchi were totally familiar with each other, and Ueno started to take away uh, Higuchi's arm. And, you know, uh, Chris had to survive his, his semifinal against Akiyama. And here it was also the survival of uh, Chris Brooks, and he eventually he was able to take opportunity of that battered arm. Yeah. And yeah. it's there is, a, a wild ride. There is one match on the. Uh, there is one point in this match where it picks up such a crazy momentum, and that is when they go outside, they brawl a bit, and they come over to this like barricade door that is on the stands uh, that kind of separates the the seat the seating in Corican and like the elevated. You've seen people go up the stairs all the time. You saw you saw Himika run up those stairs in her last reti- in her retirement batch. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the this there there is this like detachable door that he, uh, first when uh, like Chris slams it on the arm that was worked over by by Ueno in the opening match, and then he takes it off the le- the the hatch and he. Punch, he like takes a, he throws it at Higuchi really like a chair and Higuchi sells it like he like he just takes it it's such a crazy spot because Higuchi it just Higuchi takes this big metal plate just to his head and 
then ends up chopping that that the plate after getting hit by it two times in a row. And it's such like awesome moment for Iguchi because he's he's such an un- unreal performer and he has there's no one that does this this kind of style in wrestling. There's no one that does this this kind of no selling that Iguchi does and it's so engaging, it's so fun. Uh it is it is Tomohiro Ishii if Tomohiro Ishii was in a big main event st- stage and not just having good matches during the G1 and on the undercards. It, it is so important. It is so fun to see. I love it. H- Higuchi is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world, and I'm still happy that he, uh, Chris Brooks won because Higuchi had his time last year. He had his run last year. They... It, on a match sense, Higuchi's reign was so good and so like memorable. But it, on the business sense, it wasn't that successful. They haven't had, they hadn't, didn't have any like huge draws and stuff like that. So maybe, just maybe, they are trying to create something here with Chris Brooks and with this match, and they are cr- trying to, they are trying something new. They are trying to get a wrestler. Uh, to elevate the wrestler up to the main event scene that they haven't elevated up to the main event scene yet, to see if he can get butts in seats, which will be will be an interesting test for Chris Brooks. And I, in this match, I think he proved that he's more than up for the challenge. You know, I just look at it, and I remember last week. I honestly wanted. I thought Brooks would win. Honestly. Like uh, and uh, and I listen to you guys and you guys make great points and I you kind of talked me out of it and, and I went with Higuchi yeah. at the end but I think it was the right decision like ultimately I would have done the same thing if I you know ran the company the company uh, you mentioned Higuchi's reign yes and even after Higuchi's reign I mean this Hino reign is just as dud to to me like there's yeah. no buzz to it at all like his title reign doesn't mean anything to anybody I feel like. Uh, they need some. They needed a spark and to do something different than what they've been doing, and I think Brooks is the one that represents that the most. Uh, you know, we've seen Higuchi last year, Akiyama obviously, Ueno. You want him to get there, but he hasn't really been built up that well. And you could argue that Brooks wasn't exactly pushed. You know, it's not like this was the dramatic ending that everyone could see coming going into yeah. the tournament. It's a but yeah, in, in a in a reasonable way though. Yeah. And somebody who, listen, I get it if you're not a fan of his wrestling. You know, I, that's, I'm not here trying to tell you that he's this flawless wrestler that everyone should love. But he is a guy, if you look at his run, he's improved considerably as time has gone along in DDT. Yeah. And obviously, maybe not to the same scale as Cardona, but he is an excellent, excellent self-promoter on social media as well as being a great representative for the company itself to English-speaking audiences. So you get that little bonus there as well. You know, they're going to get a lot of hype online through this, I think. A lot of the fans, the foreign fans, are really going to be into this. I think it makes perfect sense. I think it was the right call. And I think that he has improved enough to where he deserves a shot at it. And I think anybody winning would be an improvement over what we have at at the moment as champion. Okay, so... I need to mention something just really quick. Uh, there was during the pandemic, or it was like early in 2022, while the pandemic was still going. Uh, uh, 
this YouTuber called Sea Dog dropped this great documentary of oh, I loved him. him him trying to become a pro, a pro, pro him just trying out what prof, uh, professional wrestling in Japan is. And he visited the DDT dojo. And the man he trained with the most during that was DD, it was Chris Brooks, of course, because Chris Brooks is the English speaker on the roster. He 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 probably all of uh, why Dog got that whole YouTube video to work is probably because Chris Brooks helped him get that to ha- happen. And there is. There was my fr- a friend of mine that doesn't watch any wrestling, but he knows who this YouTuber is. He, he saw that video and he asked, what is this Chris guy doing in DDT? What is his status? What is his, how big of an important role is it? And I, it, this was 2022. And all, like at that point, Chris was just the, the tag team wrestler with Masahiro Takanashi. He, he's the guy that goes and does a lot of, freelancing but also is in the tag division and uh my friend asked shouldn't he be more uh, like elevated shouldn't he like uh, shouldn't he be in more important stuff because he's obviously a guy that brings in a lot of international viewers and i i've thought about that a lot and i kind of forgot about it but now i'm just reminded of that because dt needs a like international wrestler that is that is over with. They need a like gaijin that can work in Japan but still be over internationally have, and bring in new viewers to the product by promoting himself because he speaks English and he can go on podcasts and all that stuff. He can go and he can have like interviews way better than Japanese wrestlers can have <laughs> and all that. And I think DDT long has needed someone that can be like an international draw and that is what they are trying to do with chris brooks now and they are finally strapping the rocket to his back and saying what can you do can you how will the how will this go of course we are just two hours or three hours ago at since the match happened so we don't know how it how it's going yet the twitter like back the the aftermath of this on Twitter, uh, at least in my bubble, has been very positive. A lot of people ha- are saying that this is their match, of, their DDT match of the year, the best DDT match they've seen this year, and all that. And it, everyone that it, that watches DDT, <laughs> like a lot of people are are replying that this was felt like the right moment, and that the, this felt like uh, Brooks's win. And it does. You know, Sandra, we talked about it last week, and I kind of made a similar point. You know, they're at they're at a point in their lifespan of the DDT as a company. You know, if you think about it from like the boring sense, you know, the business sense or whatever. Yeah. Maybe what the fans want and what you want to do to grow are two different things. And with this move, they doubled down on. DDT, you know, like the spirit of DDT and the fans that they have there, because this is a move for the fans, like the of DDT. Yeah. At the end of the day, like they basically told us with this win that they don't. It is a different thing and a different story, but Brooks is a DDT wrestler through and through. 
Like, there's oh, yeah. no question of, about that. Uh, nobody would deny that. So I think it showed a little bit of courage, actually, to do this, uh, just from the company's perspective. You brought in something, and that's why you see a lot of the dedicated fans online. This was seen as a super emotional win for a lot of these people that have I followed the journey. For I got Yeah, even you got emotional, yeah. But, like, my my fan, fandom of uh, DDT started during the pandemic, and that's because, and, like, I, it started during the pandemic, and during the pandemic was when we saw Chris Brooks get, like, better and better. Because, like, I remember yeah. seeing a couple of indie matches of him during, uh, before that, before the pandemic, uh, which I, he didn't really stand out to me. He was, he was just a Brit wrestler. Yeah, and exactly. then, like, during the last couple of years, he has just gotten so much better and better with, like, each time I've seen him. And the tag run with the with Masahiro Takanashi has been so good. It is a run that was so good, uh, that has been worked so well for him and gotten him so over. Then we, of course, have the big, the great singles match with Takeshita that might be the best the singles match he had up to this match today, which yeah. I, I think is his best singles match ever today. And yeah, I, I'm so happy that they are trying this. And what do you want to say? <laughs> I just think that it's a great thing overall. He's a guy that could do anything you want him to do. You know, he could do, uh, you know, matches like this with Higuchi, the Takeshita matches you mentioned. He could do comedy matches if you want him to do more comedy stuff. Yeah. He could go into the hardcore range if you want him to do ex- extreme stuff. He's proven a uh, tag run. You mentioned that as well. He's proven that he can be whoever DDT needs him to be, and along with the social media stuff that we mentioned before. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't see any negative from it. Again, if you're a DDT fan, and I think, like I said, this was like a, a statement from the company that they are doubling down on who they are and who they have been. Yeah. And after match, he, of course, didn't speak English. He, he had a promo in Japanese where he, he said that he's living his dramatic dream right now, but it's not over yet because he is going to take the KOD Openweight title. And yeah, the, it's, that is the most likely the main event of uh, Peter Pan, Sumo Hall, Chris Brooks versus Yuji Hino. I'm, that is a shocking like no, we did this like prediction Q and A earlier this year. I don't think anyone saw saw Chris Brooks versus versus Yuji Hino being the main event of uh, Peter Pan, but that is where we are right now. Yannick, do you have anything to say? I'm I'm so happy for him. Yeah, that that's uh, that's also yeah a big. A, just a big reward for what he has done and what he continues to do for DDT. He's a total asset. And I'm surprised that this comes now. Um, but I wish, and I wish probably it, it would have come earlier. Um, it's just like, it's an, an elevation of status that... Uh, that I really support, and I think he will crush it. How great was that finishing stretch when he like had him in the ar- the the armbar there, the oct- the like yeah, stretch. Yeah, yeah, 
man, what a great finish. And yeah, uh, reward, very rewarding for a guy that stayed loyal throughout the pandemic. Didn't go home, just stayed with them and worked with them when they probably needed roster members. Which is awesome. Is I don't know what more we can say about this match. <laughs> go watch it. it. It is seriously one of the best matches this year. And I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not being biased there. <laughs> but then uh, we some last uh, DDT news is that they have uh, they announced some upcoming stuff, which we'll talk about now. Um, on June third in Yokohama, May Saruga is making her DDT debut. That should be mentioned. Uh, June fifth, Korkin KOD tag title match, of course. Uh, July, if if it happens, we don't know, but that they announced that. Uh, Ju- July first, Nick Wayne is finally coming to DDT, and the the first match he's gonna have is gonna was is gonna be the match that he was supposed to have on the the Mega Max Bump Show, where he's teaming with Takeshi Masada versus Yuki Ueno and uh, Unit. That is gonna be in Yokohama Radiant Hall, I think. And then, of course, July 23rd, Wrestle Peter Pan. The announced matches so far is just Daisuke Sasaki versus El Desperado. And the supposed main event, we don't know if it, it's not been announced yet, but I would think that it's going to be that Chris Brooks versus Eugene. Um, there's another match announced. And Dylan loves it. Okay. I haven't talked to him about it, but it's... Um... Let's see that I don't make a mistake. It's Pokotan oh, yeah. and Cheetan. Yes. Versus Andresa, Giant Panda, and Super Sasadango Machine. Yeah. So that's going to happen the rest of Peter Pan also. I remember that. That's going to be a hoot. I mean, what a great match. You know, you get uh, Andresa and uh, Pokotan in the same match. I mean, this is a dream match of the making. You know, right now, uh, Sasadaga Machine. Why not? I, I say throw him in there too. I am all about the mascot division of DDT. I need to see more of it. We all need to see more of it, and I can't wait for that match. I'm very hyped for that tag. Hell yeah! So DDT right now is entering a very cool period. Like I, I this tournament was such a great success for for me as a fan because I got really. I'm so hyped about DDT again that I have that I wasn't after Mega Max Bump, uh, and I am so looking forward to the rest of the the build to Recipe Pan. I hope Shunma is healthy enough to have a match of Recipe Pan. Uh, so we'll we'll hope for that. Whatever this Daisuke Sasaki and Endless Brado story is going to be, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever this Tetsuya Endo and Matt Cardona match is going to. Uh, Build is going to be. I don't know. Is Matt Cardona going to show up on the road to Wrestle Peter Pan? Maybe. Or will the first time we see him be at Wrestle Peter Pan? We don't know. And Yuji uh, Hino also could defend the title between now and Wrestle Peter Pan, but they haven't announced that. And my idea of him versus Yuki Okabayashi is not happening. <laughs> Because Okabayashi basically just did that tag match at his anniversary show and then left. I don't think it's impossible he doesn't drop that title before Peter Pan, though. 
Right. Mm. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I wouldn't count it out. <laughs> well, that's the problem. We don't know who. But I, like I said, I mean... that <laughs> They probably wish that could happen. Uh, you know, it, it depends on uh, what would happen in AEW with that. I don't think it'll be him. Yeah. Uh, but, but like I said, Hino's just so cold as champion. Uh, you know, at, at this point. I guess if you're at this they close, you might have two months. Just... They, they have yeah. exactly two months. Until uh, Peter Pan, if they are go- if they are going to do it, they have to announce who's going to defend it against. Yeah, just uh, next month that they announce a title match at a bigger show, I wouldn't completely write it off. I mean, I- it's hard for me to predict a title match going into the Peter Pan show, you know, a yeah, title challenge rather, or a title change rather. But uh, I wouldn't write it off. Is all I'm saying. I he hasn't impressed in the in the DDT run as champion and i i think i respect him a lot as a wrestler he's just not a good fit for a ddt champion yeah i we'll see he doesn't feel like a peter pan main eventer let's put it that way like brooks feels way more worthy of a main event this year in peter pan than hino does in my opinion i agree there yannick uh and Yannick, you are you are of course going to Peter Pan, uh, so you we you, I I'm sure you're ho- you're hoping. Uh, would you be fine with Yuji Hino versus Chris Brooks being the main event? Um, I'm. You're probably. Getting it's an it's epic hard to change. be. Ex- it's pretty hard to be excited, uh, for the main event with Hino. It will be an epic title change, though. Like, yeah, yeah I That's do think draw. that it would also be DDT to just not do the title change. Yeah, uh, you can't be. have Hino standing tall. And being I, That's I, not gonna I, happen. That's correct, but it would be very DDT. But the king of DDT traditionally wins at uh, when he challenges. They, they, there are very few times people have actually lost in the the title challenge. And it's traditionally at Peter Pan. So, uh, we'll see. Either way, this uh, DDT, DDT right now is entering a very hot period that I'm very excited about, and we'll, of course, keep you updated here on Dramatic Dream Dragons. Uh, there, there will be no Dragon Gate talk this week. Uh, we'll talk about more about that next week. A lot of I just want this show to just be King of DDT. Right. Uh, so... Next week, we will talk about all the sh- stuff that has happened in Dragon Gate, which is surprisingly a lot, because they, of course, had three They had three shows in Sapporo this week uh, weekend, and one of them happened, like, one on Friday, one on Saturday, and one on one today. I haven't seen the one from today, but I recommend everyone to go out and check out the main event from both Night 1 and Night 2 in Sapporo. So, at the Dragon Gate Network. But, until then... Uh, we are now on YouTube with, because this is going to be the first episode with a new intro. So we are now on YouTube, so you can find us on YouTube, uh, where you can also find all the other uh, five star podcasts uh, on the YouTube, which is this, the Pure Gems, Stardom Quest, and Wrestle Updates with Dylan and Scott. And yeah, well, it is. I hope that people. Enjoy uh, enjoy our show because we have now made it to twenty episodes, and it it is such a fun time for us. And yeah, 
Any any last thing you guys want to say before I close the show? What's you know, Gun Watch Gun Pro is always <laughs> the message that you give, Yannick. Will you ever change it up? No. Um, not if every one of you guys watches Gun Pro. He needs the entire planet Earth to watch Gun Pro. No matter where you're at in the world. No matter even if you like wrestling. Maybe even outside of the world. If you're an alien, listen to this. Mars. All of them. All the planets. All of the comets in the, of the Sailor Senshi. We need all of them to watch Gon Pro before you change. Correct? Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure about that. For me, I listen to my other shows. Sandre mentioned one. Wrestle Update. Me and Scott Edwards. Man, what a great time that's been. Uh, you know, the last episode we did was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world of American wrestling. Uh, you know, like the, there was some silliness this week uh, with so something you guys may have heard of, may know about. Uh, you know, maybe something, maybe some people don't know about, but we talk about it a lot on there. We go over everything. And then you have my other shows, uh, Eastern Lariat, which is me and Striga. That's on Cage Match as well. Uh, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. We did a show about the best of Super Juniors. On there, you have my Patreon, patreon.com slash easternlariat. Uh, I just uh, uploaded some stuff, or not uploaded, but uh, posted my writing for the match of the month of April. And me and Sandre have talked about best of Super Juniors as well on the Patreon. It's a lot of fun going over that tournament. And there's going to be more stuff to come with All Together coming up soon. I've got some plans coming forward as well for various things. The Japanese wrestling scene is so hot and active right now with great wrestling, different styles, everything going crazy. It's a lot of fun for everybody out there. And do want to give a little bit of a plug for my third show that I have as well, Lucha Talk, which just came back after a two-year hiatus. Uh, there, uh, we've got some really great compl compliments after coming back for, after so long. Uh, very much a vibe show this last episode. You know, it's not like we're going to catch up off two years, but the Lucha scene is really cool right now, too. CMLL is doing some awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, AAA had the announcement with uh, uh, Omega and Vikingo having their rematch at Triple Mania in June. Uh, we're going to cover that when the time comes, but that's a more of a monthly show. It's not every week, uh, so it's a little bit older, but still, I recommend everybody checking it out because uh, we talked about pretty much everything, had a lot of fun, Yeah. and... Uh, yeah, other than that, keep listening to Dramatic Dream Dragons and all the great shows on Five Star Network. I uh, really appreciate all the work out there of all the people hosting the other shows, all of the writing going down, and most importantly, all the listeners out there for taking the time to listen to us and making this show worth it in the end. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, another thank you I have to say is thank you to everyone that replied to my tweet about your takes on the show, because I, I want to do that often for all of the DDT and Dragon Gate shows we cover on this show is to do like an instant review like instant what is you guys, uh, the listeners thoughts about the show so I can uh, look at that while we're recording and kind of get back in so I know the feel of how everyone else is feeling about the show and stuff like that so thank you to everyone that replied to my tweet after the show today and uh Keep coming back to that uh, and coming back to my tweets about the, sh the, sh the shows in the future. But until next week, I truly hope 
that everyone goes out of their way and watches the Hanukkah Memorial Show pinks on May 23rd. But until then, and until our next recording, as always, be ready, wake up, and go! Go!